This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, everyone. I'm John Cassis. To begin, I want to make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to defining the term. A capital expenditure, or CapEx, represents the money spent for the purchase of a fixed asset or an intangible asset. It's usually reported net of the proceeds from the sale of capital assets, but what we typically want to work with is the gross number, the cash expenditure. CapEx has been an item of interest in financial analysis for quite some time. I would say this is for three main reasons. First, CapEx is not conveniently reflected on the income statement the way most other expenditures are. Second, despite not being presented on the income statement, usually some or all of the capital expenditure actually needs to be supported by cash flow. And third, determining how much of that capex to treat like an operating expense can be difficult. Historically, bankers have addressed this challenge in one of several ways. One common method has been to deduct the full amount of capital expenditure from operating cash flow before calculating debt service coverage. This is called free cash flow. Sometimes CapEx is reduced by the amount of debt incurred to purchase those assets. Thus, only the remaining amount, known as unfunded CapEx, is actually deducted from cash flow. But there are drawbacks to this method. To use one example, if a building were purchased last year for $5 million of equity, that amount would be deducted from operating cash flow. Intuitively, It's not expected that a single year's cash flow is going to cover the purchase price of real estate. Another common approach used by bankers has been to simply disregard CapEx altogether. This has generally not been deliberate just to make cash flow look better. It's more often the result of an analytical approach or culture that doesn't make it a point to evaluate CapEx in every written analysis. But there are certain cases where a credit decision could be an error if CapEx were disregarded. So realistically, there should be some middle ground between always deducting CapEx from cash flow and never considering it. There are several different types of capital expenditures, and if we dissect them, what we find is that each one consumes a company's cash differently. Some of these expenditures are usually funded with equity and new debt, while others are so dependent upon recurring cash flow they actually look and feel more like operating expenses. In the article, I discuss several forms of capital expenditure in detail, as well as certain challenges related to analyzing them. Recommendations are provided to distinguish between the different forms, as well as how to treat them in cash flow analysis. One of the inevitable conclusions in the article was that standard financial reporting, as we know it today, doesn't provide us with the details we need to distinguish between the different types of CapEx. Since each type should be treated differently in a cash flow analysis, we're currently faced with delivering incomplete or inaccurate write-ups. And without further detail from our borrowers, we're forced at best to make estimates about the amount and timing of capital expenditures and their impacts on our repayment analysis. It should be possible in this age of transparency to get the information we need without being forced to make estimates and assumptions. Hopefully, the article presents compelling reasons to encourage greater detail within CapEx reporting. It would be great one day to see financial statements present capital expenditures in a granular manner. 
If CapEx were deconstructed for us by the people who know best, corporate management and their CPAs, then our guesswork would be eliminated and we could prepare a better and more consistent financial analysis. Thank you all for listening and enjoy your day.